Hey, 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 welcome back to the Passive Buddies podcast. As obviously you are well aware, if you aren't, obviously of last episode, we dropped a major, major announcement. So if you didn't listen to episode 17, 100% go back and listen to it. And if you did, you were well and truly aware that Brandon Duff is our co-host and he is here yet again for the podcast. Hey, Brandon, how's things? I am amazing. How are you doing, man? Awesome, mate. Absolutely awesome. Well, sort of. Um, <laughs> I'm on a high, obviously, because of the football yesterday. Um, when this comes out, it'll probably be like over a week ago. Um, so I probably might have calmed down by then. Um, and for those who are listening to these episodes, hats off to Brandon, because what time is it? 5 a.m.? It is just about 5 a.m. And we started at 4 a.m. This guy is committed and this guy is ready to give you an incredible episode. What do you do when the dream of an online business makes you work harder than a day job would? The answer, you build passive income. On the Passive Buddies podcast, we cover the myths behind passive income and how to build true financial and time freedom. Welcome to the Passive Buddies podcast. I'm always ready. I mean, just being able to be in your presence is just motivation for me. So I'm ready to get this party started. Wish my missus said the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So so guys, today is all about how to start an online business and the, the key components that you need in order to do that. Now, as we've already sort of mentioned, if you haven't listened to the last episode, which was about finding the right opportunities, that is 100% of foundational work that will take you to how to start an online business. Brandon, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, definitely. So we talked about opportunities, like, like Brian said on the last episode, so definitely check that episode out. As far as once you have that opportunity and you're gung-ho about it and you are excited to sell it um, and bring value to your audience, you need to find the right audience. And if, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this all the time. And when you join a program, it seems like all the same people are selling to each other. And we kind of, in the marketing space, we call it a blue ocean versus a red ocean. Blue ocean means there's uh, no blood in the water. It's a kind of a new opportunity and uh, it's ready for your audience to kind of take it in versus a red ocean. There's people all over the place selling the same exact thing to the same people and you kind of get offer fatigue where uh, the same offer is not as appealing because everyone already knows about it. And so um, what are your thoughts on kind of the blue ocean or the red ocean or how you find your right audience? Do you know what? It's um, You're right in terms of like, especially when you get into the online business, especially like if, for instance, affiliate marketing, and it feels like everybody's an affiliate marketer, everybody's pitching you a, a different paint job of the same product yeah and it can get very very frustrating i've had i've had people come into passive buddies accelerator and they felt that pretty quick like the minute they join a couple of groups and obviously they start building their personal brand and start adding that value they get pitched like a hundred times a day the same fucking offer and i mean like it, it can feel very overwhelming it can feel very annoying um and it's a case of like, how, how do you stand out? Now, there's a couple of things. As this process is happening, because it will happen, you can't get away from that. Um, as this process is happening, remember, like 90% of people who are pitching you will be gone in three months. Like they will not stick it out. They have not got it. They, they've just purchased this like $3 course and they're following exactly what to do. And they'll be gone in three months because they don't see their online business 
as a business. They see it as a side hustle and side yeah. hustles burn out and they disappear. So know that like, obviously, if you're in for the long call, you will be here for the long call and you will outweigh and outlast 90% of people who start an online business. Because what is it like 90? I don't know what it is in the US, but like 90% of businesses fail in the first year in the UK. Oh um, yeah, it's, it's pretty high. Yeah, because people don't have the right mentality to start a business. And whether we we put the sexy online in front of it or not, the foundational aspects are still the same. You have to know that this is a long-term project. You're in business for life, not for six months. And that is one of the big things. So finding that blue ocean versus red ocean, it's a case of when you start, you'll feel like everywhere you look is a red ocean. But the longer yeah. you're in the game and the more you add value, the more you will see it turn to a blue ocean. Thoughts? Yeah, I actually just had this pop in my head. It's uh, me and you both didn't go to college. We both kind of uh, thought that it was there were better opportunities for our time. And it's funny because all these people that I've known that go to school, they go to school for, you know, elementary school all the way through uh, till they get to, I think it's different for you guys where you guys have uh, uni and then you have college or flip-flopped, but um, they go to school for like 24 years or 22 years and then they try and do an online business and they don't last and they last for only three months and they expect, I mean, they spent, you know, 22 years trying to get a job as, you know, a, a, um, their lamp of, I can't even say the word, uh, as a psychologist or whatever. And then, then they end up not doing psychology or um, they went to school for um, psychology and they become like a, a teacher or something. I don't know if that was a bad analogy, but um, a lot of people end up going to school for amount of time and then they give up and then they just work for 40 years and they're okay with that. Uh, they're, they're willing to work for, you know, to their 65 getting paid the same amount or a, a 3% increase, uh, yearly increase when inflation is seven or 8% and they're losing money versus they don't want to put in three months or a year or even two years of their time to get the freedom that they are really seeking. And I just find that uh, two people that quit university and didn't find the value in it are the ones that actually, and this, this, I'm only speaking for myself. So this is not the majority. I don't know. I haven't done the, the numbers, but it's funny that we're able to put in the time because we're motivated into having that freedom. And I think a lot of people, even though they've gone to school for so long, I would think that if they've gone to school for so long, they would have that, um, I guess, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? That discipline. motivation. Yeah, the discipline. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Discipline to start an online business and actually go through with it. And it is going to take a year or so to, to actually get some motivation. I mean, some people get start off and they do really, really well right off the bat. But there are some other people that um, might be working a nine to five, so they don't have as much time. But if they keep being disciplined, keep plant, being consistent and continuously do something, they're going to be able to kind of have that compound effect. If you haven't read the compound effect, I really highly recommend it because it is a great book. It talks about, uh, you know, you start off with these microscopic, um, I guess, gains. And then as time goes on with the uh, you know, ninth wonder of the world of the compound effect, you are able to substantially grow or substantially uh, drop and fail. And you're 
decrease uh, your health or whatever that is that you're trying to improve on. So um, I think I just went on, on a, a ran a full on tangent, but uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on, um, on how to actually, so you have a, like, you have the right opportunity, you have the right audience, but where do you go from there? Or like, is that enough? Like what else should you actually know to start an online business? I think um, one thing you did touch on was the, the which I was sort of want to delve into a little bit was the, the yeah, discipline was like, so you said about 20, 22 to 24 years, you're in college, whatever, like you're in that student environment for that amount of time. Um, and then you go and get a job and people stick that out and they commit to it and, and all that thing. Do you know why? Because they're being told to. Yeah, that whole system is designed for telling you exactly what to do. You have to go to school for this amount of time. Um, okay. Uh, and they just do it. Like, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's that's just what we do. And then when you get to an online business, nobody stood there over your shoulder with a ruler in hand or no one's telling you to get the bus at 7 a.m. to go get to school. Or 5 a.m., yeah. 4 a.m. <laughs> or 4 a.m. for a podcast. Like, nobody's telling you. It's all on you. And... And then that's when discipline really comes in. It's like, it's not when you're being told what to do. It's when you've got the freedom to do exactly what you want to do. You will find out whether, how much you actually want it. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that discipline is one of the kind of the skills, one of the major skills you need uh, in an online business, because there are going to be times where people aren't buying for you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and you have to be disciplined to one, try something different and maybe not try or try something to change it up. Um, and you need to be disciplined to learn new skills on top of what you've already learned. And you need to be disciplined on continuously grinding every single day. If that's waking up two hours, every single extra uh, to get that extra time in that other people aren't doing because they, you know, are waking up at 8 a.m. and uh, getting started and working for a few hours and then, you know, doing something else and getting sidetracked. You need to have discipline to actually put in the work every single day so that you can actually grow it to a passive buddy's uh, approved business uh, because you do want to grow it so that you can take yourself out of the business and you're working on the business instead of in the business. And that touches very nicely on it says like you you're gonna have to work hard as it starts. But then when you get to a certain point, like if you break it down into phases, it's like it's pre-validation, validation, leverage and scale. Like as you go through that business and that business model, like eventually you're gonna have to get it to scale. Because if you want to get out and if you want to put your feet up and if you want to sit by the pool, sit by the pool, throwing books in the pool, then you can do that if it's scalable. So it's it's how do you get that business into position where it can run without you? Like you are very, very good at getting in and getting out of a business. So what are your what are your sort of like, right? This is how I get in, this is how I get out. How how do you get that scalable model? Yeah, definitely. So when I was starting a software company, I pretty, I don't know how to program at all. I, I've always loved HTML and uh, CSS and JavaScript. And I, I know basic amounts, but I mean, I couldn't develop a whole software. So I had to hire someone to do it for me. And so 
I took money from one business and I invested it into another and you, and that's kind of with the whole leverage thing, but taking that money and buying, buying someone's time, a developer's time to create something for me. So I didn't have to learn the skills that were needed to learn how to do, you know, Python. And I'm learning that right now because it seems fun, but you know, all the different, uh, you know, software languages that there are out there, um, I, it would take me years to do that. So I'd rather pay money to actually have someone develop that for me. And so from there, um, we had, I grew it organically so that it was up to a certain uh, point. And then from there, we ended up ha having affiliate marketers, running ads, um, selling our white label service to another company so they could actually sell it to. And that was monthly recurring. So we had all these different kind of um, levers that we could pull that we could bring in multiple streams of income off of one product. Because I figured that, you know, one, people wanted to use it and then also people wanted to sell it. Um, and we talked about that in episode 17, but also people wanted to put their own name on it too. And so that was able, we were able to kind of hit those different touch points where people were selling our product. Um, one, um, people were selling it to their own audience with their own name on it, but we had all the like kind of the contact information where we could see everything. And they were essentially growing our software for us because now we had users um, that were someone else's audience, even though it was their name, but we had microtransactions within our software. So we were getting paid on top of that. So we had multiple ways within our software to make an income. And when people were white labeling it, and people still do, they are able to sell it to their own audience. But the microtransactions within our software was um, getting paid directly to us. So that was an another way to create a passive income for us. And so from there, it's just now our software team handles it all. And now I'm fully into crypto. And now that's kind of off my plate. So I, I kind of bring this analogy up when I talk about real estate. Is when we uh, were investing in real estate, when we got our first two rental properties, uh, it was taking up a lot of time because it was outside uh, four hour uh, drive to get there. And so I would end that I ended up hiring a property manager to manage everything. And it was only it was 8% of the total rents. So a lot of people think that's a high fee. But for me, I figured 8% is well worth my time where it's 100% off of my plate. So as soon as you can take a business, grow it to a certain point, you can offload it to someone who can take a percentage of the business and handle 100% and you take you know 92% of the business. Um, obviously minus like taxes and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the easiest way I find is Find someone who you can grow with and then offload it to someone um, who's going to be able to manage it better than you are and can grow it. And they get a benefit of growing it too, because if um, the business is growing, then um, you know, you're making more money. So I, I find that if you can just uh, hire someone that's smarter than you, um, that in that industry, after you've grown it to a certain uh, amount, then you're able to take that same money and just buy their time with the business versus kind of taking away your time. Yeah, so that's very much on the on the back end, isn't it? Like in terms of the leverage, that leverage is right, really important. 
and whether it's leveraging other people's money, other people's skills, other people's time, that yep. is the that is your freedom ticket, isn't it? Understanding that word and understanding how to use it. But at the start, it's it's not that sort of simple. Is it obviously like you were lucky, for instance, well, not lucky, but you were just class at what you do anyway. But like you had money, so let's look at your software company. You had money from other businesses, offline businesses that you could use and put into this business. Now, if you're starting completely from fresh, like the only sort of assets you've got is, or cash flow you've got is your day job. And um, then your income's probably your, your cash flow, your um, leverage money is a lot smaller, isn't it? So you have to take on more of that stuff yourself. Um, it depends. I think it really depends because I think a lot of people end up, um, I'm going to argue with you on this, and this is what makes podcasts fun, <laughs> is because a lot of people do it to themselves because you don't need that nice, fancy BMW to drive to work every day. You don't need to live uh, you know, in a nice neighborhood um, or if you do um, and you are driving you know, 100 like an hour a day or two hours a day to save a few dollars, you have to kind of, you're missing out on time. So you kind of have to figure out what's more important. And like, if a lot of people make a decent amount of money and it's all the expenses that they pay for, you know, the, the, uh, the university, the BMW, which takes 91 fuel. I don't know what it is. And, the UK, but in the, the US, like 91 octane. It's the, uh, you know, buying new clothes and new shoes every two weeks. It's uh, going out and eating for lunch every single day and getting that latte with, you know, where you're spending all this extra money instead of living frugal and using that money to reinvest into your business. Um, because I'm, I'm, we live in a 3,500 square foot house on a 90, 9,100 square foot lot. And that's pretty much my only expense besides like food. Um, I don't, I have a car that's already completely paid off and it's, uh, being rented out on Toro and I make money from that. I, I mean, I eat the basic same food every single day. I wear the same shit every single day because I don't really care about materialistic things and all my money goes into business reinvesting. And that money that I make from reinvesting goes into being able to buy vacations and have experiences. So the issue is it's not a case of your money. It's a case of your perceived value on different things. So for instance, your perceived value on your own time is one that you touched on Um, and perceived value on what's important which was another. So as you say, like the fancy car or like the really expensive house or like all of those things are perceived value, like you for status, that's what it is. It's for status. Um, right. And obviously getting around that, as you say, like cutting back the, the status um, in order to generate that cash flow to, to make you more cash flow. And I think it comes down to value in your time, doesn't it? Like if you go to everything, it's a case of, well, my time, or if you're in a day job, my time is, it's tied up in work, for instance. So that's where I value my time at, say, for instance, they're on $15 an hour. I value my time at $15 an hour. When Actually, your time's a lot more important than that. But unless you can perceive it to be more than, than $15 an hour, you're always going to earn $15 an hour. Right. And, and a lot of people are just bad with money. They just don't understand how money works. 
Uh, they think it's a currency when it's more of a tool to get things done faster. Um, if you think of it as a, a like almost like a weapon to um, kind of be able to kind of just throw around and get things done really, really quickly, uh, it's it's a leverage tool that is allows people to pretty much do whatever they want. I mean, sure, it can buy fancy clothes and do this, but it also can speed up time. I mean, I can buy 10 people's time and I can do 10 times the amount of work for, for my one hour of spending money. So I think it's super important to know the difference between a currency and uh, think of money as a, a tool versus currency, because uh, I think that it's a, a better way to look at it. So when you're acquiring this tool, for instance, um, like as you start your online business, like in terms of like you were very, I always say like you were very good at standing out. So how did you identify the skills you needed to sell your software? Because you sell, you sold your software organically, didn't you? Like obviously up until a point where other people sold it for you. Right. But you sold it organically, which is the way most people are going to have to start their business. Um, so in terms of the skills and et cetera that you needed, like how did you identify like what needed to be done and how, what to learn? Oh, that's a great question. So I think that it's funny because there are so many skills that I didn't have while just getting an online business. Like I always thought I was bad at sales and I didn't know how to do marketing and uh, social media. Like you kind of need to learn all these skills, but you kind of just, also learn by doing. I think that's the easiest way is we learn through repetitive tasks. I mean, that's how we learn um, skills is by failing over and over and over and over again until we like for sales, like you find out why people are not wanting to buy something. And then you take what their objections were and you try and find solutions for those objections and overcome those objections. And so the more times you do these things, the more, the better you get at them. And so like my software company, um, I, to kind of put it, I guess, in the right audience to kind of go back, I didn't know how to market, but I, I mean, I didn't know how to do ads or I didn't know how to do organic correctly, but I did know that, um, all these people were using all these different software. And so I kind of just put my software in front of them. And it was kind of like, Hey, if you all use this, why not just, you know, buy this one? Because why it's don't much you cheaper. Yeah. Because you're putting a right, like, and again, we will go back to, uh, episode 17 about the right opportunity. If you have the right opportunity and you have conviction in it, uh, it kind of just sells itself. And so, um, I didn't really have to learn sales because the, the right opportunity was in front of the right audience. I didn't really know how to do marketing because all I was doing, well, this was when I just started. And so I didn't know like all the, like the engagement groups and uh, all the fancy things that they have today. I mean, I'm not even part of a lot of those uh, today. And I would just go live on my feed and be like, this is what 
um, I'm doing. Also, we had an automation software that did auto, uh, auto messaging to people. So it was kind of like it sold itself because it would message my audience automatically and say, hey, this, my name is Brandon. You know, this is um, what I'm all about. And they would kind of, and people are curious. So they'd be like, they would see this message and then browse my profile and then see I have this software too. So it was, I think, a unique experience because um, there are a lot of skills that are required, but um, like you should know marketing, you should know sales. I think sales is probably the number one skill you should have because if you can't sell anything, but you can bring eyeballs to you, then um, you're never going to make a sale. But if you have some people that come in and you can hire other people to bring people in, and if you're a master at sales, you're going to make money. So and just kind of like you were saying um, on the last episode is you were, when you first started out, you were a closer. And if the, the, company had good marketing and they brought them to you. I mean, that's like um, golf, right? Marketing is, or football is like, you're probably golf. Um, when you tee off, that's your marketing and how close you get it to the hole is what marketing does is it brings it closest to the hole. And then your sales team or your closers are the one that makes it easier to put it in. And so I think that having sales skills are uh, super important. But then, you know, understanding the different uh, platform that you're on, talking on YouTube versus Facebook versus Twitter is much different. I mean, just based on like keyword length, video versus a post or going live. So the, they all have these different nuances, but you should definitely, um, I mean, there's a lot of different skills that you should learn about and what are your thoughts on some skills that you should have when getting into an online business? So the, to me, the, the number one is that audience building and the marketing. Um, and to me, I'm going to go the other way. Perfect. Like I say, make your marketing that good sales becomes irrelevant because it can be done. Like you can sell 1K, 2K, 3K just through marketing without ever having to do it a sales call. It, it can be done. Like without ever having to send a DM, it can be done if, if as long as the marketing is right. Now, obviously, there's different phases of marketing, like in terms of like you've got your brand awareness and obviously pulling that in and growing that audience. Like unless you, if you don't have an audience, you're always going to struggle. So you need to build an audience, whether that is through Facebook ads, obviously, which a lot of people won't start doing. They'll start like organically. So you have to build that audience, that audience building it and letting letting you be vulnerable in terms of people are allowed to see exactly who you are, what you like, et cetera. Like that vulnerability, that personality, that branding has to be yeah. there all the time. And growing that audience allows people to connect with you, obviously like know, know like, and trust you, et cetera. And that becomes, that becomes key. If you can do that, you, you will always be able to sell, whether you sell through your stories, whether you sell through a webinar, like you don't have to get really good at sales, because as you say, like I started off as a closer, you can outsource that if you want to, um, uh, and people can make you money if you do want to go down the application funnel route. Um, but if your marketing isn't good enough, and if you can't get people to those calls or to those webinars or or to your Instagram stories, you'll always, always struggle. Marketing is definitely the biggest, for me, the biggest like skill you need to learn and obviously when it branches off and you look at all the different things around that, like the social media skills, the personal brand and the way you talk, the copywriting, 
presenting yourself on video and as you say like knowing your platforms and what to do on different platforms and how to do it like that all obviously comes under under marketing if you can get marketing right you will never ever struggle for cash yeah i actually now that, that you say that i definitely agree um i think that marketing is a huge uh part because you can do and branding is part of that is marketing yourself and if you can bring that audience to you and people want to uh, be a part of that, the sales people will sell themselves on that. And you can also have, like you said, hire a sales team that is going to put the, the rest of it in. And it's, it is a, a huge skill to have. And especially like say affiliate marketing, and we kind of talked about that in episode 17, where you, once you kind of create your own uh, brand and people start following you, uh, people will want to start selling your products for you um, because they they see the value in it and that it's helped them. So they want to help other people too. And it's kind of like this uh, ripple effect in a way where uh, you help uh, some amazing people and then they start helping amazing people and then it just keeps going on and on. That, as you say, like that impact that come, comes from it, it can only come from it from from marketing like you as you say you can get rid of sales if you need to um but make your marketing that good and that takes time that takes practice that takes testing testing is obviously the biggest thing you can do yes um now like for instance like i, I remember like one stage like you, you were changing for instance like your facebook cover photo like like every week or like just to test test the hook test the hook see which brings you more leads see which brings you more emails see which brings you more sales like having that ability to go right okay so marketing is just testing just keep testing yeah. make your notes keep testing see the results and take or she and just keep pushing it forward if you can if you can get your marketing to a point like where obviously it's a kill, killer killer marketing like people are attracted to you people like you people want to buy from you like it doesn't matter what you put out no matter what you sell like as long as you can provide value and you can solve the problem and people like you all through marketing you'll never ever struggle online yeah i think it goes with uh yeah that analogy of golfing so like kind of reminds me of that golfing analogy of marketing where marketing is kind of where you're on the golf uh course and you hit the ball and as far as you can hit the ball where it gets onto the green and your sales team only needs to put it in a little bit Versus if your marketing is really bad and you don't get on the green at all, then your sales team is going to have to actually pick up a lot of the slack. So if you're able to, you know, get even a hole in one, you don't need, just like you were saying, a, an amazing sales team or at all because the marketing is doing all the legwork. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Like it's definitely, it's definitely the right way to to look at it. Like just. Just keep going for a hole in one. Just keep improve yeah. your marketing until it becomes a hole in one. Like for instance, like um, Russell Brunson, love him or hate him, he can send out one email because his marketing sort of she developed over time. He can send one email and make like five hundred dollars or five hundred thousand dollars, like because he's grown that list. He's done. His, he's focused on his marketing, that but he's never really focused on his sales teams. Um, until I think he like he got desperate once, but like he focused all his attention on marketing and now he can always, always, always make money. You can always just go hole in one, hole in one, hole in one. And that's, that's the sort of level you want to get to with your online business. Yeah. And I think it's crazy. I mean, we grew, uh, we grew up on, uh, our, our parents saying that money doesn't grow on trees and you know, all these little analogies. But, I mean, if you have a list, 
and it's like a solid list of kind of your your people you just like you were saying you can send out one email and you can have you know a, a payday every single time because you've built that branding you built that marketing you built that list and people trust you and when you're able to just send out that one email it's like money does grow on trees because you can make you know a couple grand to millions of dollars just by sending one email hundred oh, percent like the one thing I always like tell my like students is like it's that email list is crucial and using that audience to build that email list is absolutely crucial. Like for instance, I've got one client that I, I love to talk about because I just love the guy, but he's got like 22,000 people on Instagram. He's got a hundred thousand people on TikTok and he's got a list of 3000. When we put a promotion out, guess which one wins? Email. Every single time me. And I mean, like we can make, 15, 20 grand on a three-day email series, like an you know, email promotion. Like, but his email, it's his email list that sells every single time. Not his IG stories, not his TikTok. It's his email every single time. I believe it because, I mean, I just see people on TikTok, not TikTok, but more like Instagram, like my wife, all they do is swipe. And it's not like they're really, um, I don't know if it's just a habit, but they're not really listening to what you're saying uh, too much versus an email. It's like directly t- to them uh, in a sense, especially when you can do things like, um, like put their name in it and do little keywords. But yeah, I think it's super important uh, to have an email list because like you said, just putting out a three-day email sequence can bring you in tens of hundreds, if not thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars. So uh, it's super important to build your list because you know, with, I mean, I was just locked out of Facebook. I couldn't send any messages. Oh, yeah, you were and illiterate. so, yeah. So <laughs> like if, if my Facebook like gets closed down from uh, the Zuck, then, you know, I, I have no more access to that versus my email. Like Google's never, Gmail's never going to shut down like my email account uh, just because of, you know, whatever um, it, it's pretty safe. And so we've, and we've had emails for, you know, 20, 30 years now. And Facebook is quote unquote, relatively new and Twitter's relatively new. And just look at like the whole thing, a couple what, what last year or maybe two years ago, where there was a whole thing where uh, the United States wanted to shut down TikTok and not allow it in the country. And I, I think they do that in some other countries too. Um, but yeah, I mean, your email is pretty safe and more people are going to open up an email than um, their DMs because it's flooded with, um, pitches yeah you make a valid point don't you like oh she like tiktok's not allowed in certain countries i know like for instance india it's not allowed in, in india yeah um and like facebook obviously shut you down the other day um you couldn't send any messages so you couldn't make any money through dms which obviously i know you don't right. do anyway but right um and was it like last year instagram and facebook both shut down for like 24 hours yeah <laughs> and like content creators and people who make money online because they a lot of people devalue the email list couldn't make any money that day and then yeah. obviously then that has a knock-on effect and whereas like i was sending emails i'm making money even when facebook shut down i was like right winner yeah. So I think that to really start an online business, you need kind of just a few things. You need the right opportunity. You need the right audience. You need to know how to market yourself and talk about yourself and be confident in yourself. And I think you just need an email list. 
Yeah, use all these social platforms to build that email list. Use your IG stories to build your email list. Use your Facebook posts to build your email list. And then your email list will pay you for life. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. So, well, if you're just starting out, what do you recommend? Which platform should someone be on? Should they be on all of them? Should they be on just one and focus heavily on one? What are your thoughts? Two. I always say two. And I used to say one. I used to be one of these little advocates. Of like, oh, just focus up, put all your energy on one platform. That's absolutely fantastic, but it's a hamster wheel platform. And so Facebook and Instagram is your short-term marketing strategy. Like it, it definitely is your short-term marketing strategy. You can use that to get your spikes. You can use that to get your instant gratification cash flow. Um, and you can build it, you can build an audience on there. But like for instance, like a Facebook post on unless you manage the comments right, probably dies in about four four hours. Like a YouTube video can make you leads and sales for years. Yeah. So you have to develop both. You can't ignore it. You have to you have to use Facebook and build an audience on Facebook because that will bring you money faster. But it also that's hamster wheel marketing. Then you you have to develop YouTube at the same time and let that grow and let that build because that is going to be the one that will pay you, get you off the hamster wheel and then leverage both to build your email list. Put those three in a little working together and you'll be fine. Yeah, I, I definitely, for my first year or so, I was kind of like you were saying is I was only on Facebook and only focused on all my time. But, you know, that 24 hour story or that 24 hour post is pretty much gone. No one's going to kind of go down your personal profile and check out other posts. And so it's kind of just what's in their feed. And I find that just like you were saying, YouTube, I, and I've been on YouTube now probably for a year and a half or so I'm monetized and all that fun stuff. But one, every post I make or YouTube video I make, I get paid on. Uh, it might not be a lot to start, but as time goes on, it's going to build and more, it gets more traction. And so that's just, I, I'm getting paid to post on YouTube, which is nice. Um, and it lasts a lot longer because it's SEO optimized with how Google runs things especially since YouTube and uh, Google are one and the same. And so, and it's the largest search engine in the world. So, and it's also depends on your marketing too, because you have to think that Facebook is very destructive marketing, right? Like you need to throw a book in a pool to get noticed versus um, YouTube is very search oriented. So people are or entertainment oriented. So people are searching to solve a problem. And if you're able to solve that problem with video, uh, people are going to want to uh, click on that video and learn more about what it is that you do. 100%, yeah. Like it, it's, it, the, the traffic temperature is hotter on YouTube, isn't it? But it just takes longer to grow. But yeah. YouTube will be the one platform that gets you out with a hamster wheel disruptive marketing and allows you to, to generate leads, generate money without having to do anything. Like I've got videos that like I didn't post for like three weeks on YouTube because I got really, really busy. Um, and that one one video, I think it was about Right Sonic of it, like a software that I use, was still generating me money and generating me like commissions like for three weeks and I hadn't I hadn't touched it. Hadn't touched YouTube amazing? and it was yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Like one video can generate you money, multiple cash flow. It's but you've got to obviously because it takes time, you've got to do it an instant, you've got to do a hamster wheel platform, which is like IG or Facebook for me are the, the winners. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And 
once you have, I mean, also I find that if you have Facebook and you are able to kind of keep the audience of your, like your, I call it your, um, your hundred true fans or a thousand true fans, where if they are the people that are consistently buying from you, it's good to have them on your, your actual list because not your list, but your Facebook, because they'll mess it. They'll, they'll be the ones that are always comments, constantly commenting on your posts. They have conviction in what you do. So they tell other people about you. And so it's kind of like your referral system in a way. And I think that Facebook is good for that, especially Facebook groups too. And um, they have a lot of things within uh, the community that they have now, but definitely learn the different platforms. And I think it's super important. I think there's um, like Gary Vee has a decent book, even uh, Russell Brunson has a decent book and we'll link them in the, the show notes down below. But uh, I think it's left, left, right. Uh, jab jab right hook is uh, Gary V's book, and then Russell Brunson's Traffic Secrets has a good uh, description on how to use each of the platforms. So definitely check those out uh, in the show notes. Um, but what about so- like technology and software? Do you feel that? Uh, I mean, we talk about the technology that we're on that right now. We're on a podcast. We're on a streaming service. We're on Facebook and social media platforms. Uh, we're talking about email, like how much technology and software do you need to start an online business? To start, to me, you probably need three things. You need uh, an email, an email autoresponder. Um, that's obviously a key one. Otherwise, you, how are you going to build your list? How are you going to manage that list? You're going to need an email autoresponder for software. Then you're going to need something to collect those emails. So, and you don't want to do that manually. You want to automate that process. So, like a funnel builder. The the final thing is Zoom, because you can do all your recording on Zoom, which means you can do your YouTube, you can do your Facebook lives, like, and that's it. They're just those three softwares. Zoom, you can go on for like free for for 30, 40 minutes. So that's not nothing huge, obviously financially. And then a funnel builder. I've always recommended ClickFunnels, and then. Email autoresponder. I've always re- recommended Active Campaign. Those are great pieces of software, and there's, um, and obviously there's other software that you can use, um, WordPress and all the other different ones. It just depends on if you want something that is takes up more time and there's a learning curve versus ClickFunnels, which is um, kind of an all-in-one tool where you're able to um, take out a lot of the learning curve, where it's just kind of a drag and drop. Uh, platform, which is kind of nice with the built-in, you know, form builders and all that. So it's it's important to know uh, the tools that you um, are getting into, and it's important to uh, understand how much you know your time is worth because WordPress is free, but there is a learning curve to it. Versus ClickFunnels, there is a, a cost, but it's um, it's a lot, I guess, easier to build out pages because one you can download pre-built ones um, that have been proven to be successful um, versus kind of starting from scratch with WordPress where you really can't import something that uh, is already pre-done in a way. So both tools are very amazing. Uh, Like you said, with automation, being able to uh, kind of build that warm audience where you're doing nurturing sequences and that sort of thing. And that's, again, goes back into why it's so important to learn marketing, because if you understand how marketing and psychology works, 
you can pretty much have uh, all the marketing and material do all the selling for you too. Yeah, it's automating that back end, isn't it? Like obviously when you generate those leads, having those sequences, like automating that process. So and leveraging, as we discussed, like yeah. leveraging those, the things that automate your business so you don't have to do those things manually. Awesome. So five things you pretty much need in any kind of online business. <laughs> You're nailing you me say? from the last episode. Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so first thing you need an audience, you need to build an audience. You need to learn how to build an audience. So like jump on Facebook, create a Facebook uh, and build your audience. Um, there's Martin strategies again behind that. So you need an audience there. You need a, you need a funnel builder. Like you need to be building your own list. You need to give something away for free in order to build your list. You need that. Like even for instance, if Facebook is, or you create a Facebook group and that's, that's your lead magnet, like build up your email list, which means you need, need an autoresponder. You need a funnel builder. You need Facebook. You need Zoom. There, I think that was four. Four. And you need to learn how to market. Perfect. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, I think that runs it down for this episode on how to start an online business. You need the right opportunity. If you didn't listen to the last episode, you need the right audience. You need to know how to market yourself. You need to give away stuff for free, which goes into marketing. And you need the technology to automate your business so that you can buy back your time and go on vacation with Brian and his family uh, on one of these amazing days. <laughs> I'm just, I don't think the missus would be happy about that but yeah come and visit England it's never sunny and it's never warm <laughs> uh, I've gone to the UK a few times uh, I went to the eye last time and it was kind of cool but yeah just like you were saying it's like always kind of drizzly and wet and gross yeah yes it is looking out the window yes it is so thank you guys thank you so much for tuning into this episode I know it's been a long one but it's definitely been worth it and we will see you on the next episode Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into that latest episode of Passive Buddies Podcast. I hope you absolutely loved it and took so much value from it that you could go and make a difference in your life, in your finances, in your family's life. If you want to know more and if you want to connect with us on a more personal level, ask some questions, learn step-by-step how to make passive income online and the marketing strategies behind it, then there is a link to our free group below definitely click that link, join the free Facebook group and let's connect and let's help you get to your next steps. See you on the next episode, guys.